Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. This is 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush. That is Adam Luckett. Adam Luckett, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. It's good to get a win, Nick Roush. It's football weather, too. It's awesome. Yeah, it's and it's like I'm trying to enjoy it, so I'm trying to stay in shorts. I'm not like hold on. I'm not like Andy Reid or like defensive coordinator like our Matt Patricia, where it's mm-hmm. just like we're wearing shorts year round. I'm not one of those, but my lower body typically like you can you can wet. That's the last man standing, the last body part standing, quite figuratively and literally. <laughs> um, because the thing is, is like if you're moving around, it's fine. It's just a little breeze. That's why I got hair on my leg for. Right. That's why in warm-ups when I saw Sawyer Smith come out in the long sleeve under his shoulder pads, I knew immediately that Lynn Bowden was going to be quarterback. Oh. Because you don't come out there in 60-degree weather in long sleeves if you're going to play. Okay, to be fair, he's a Florida guy. Those dudes don't know what cold is. Like, I had some friends come in from Georgia, and this one girl was, like, shivering, and the sun was still out because she's not used to – Georgia, they have, like, a heavy coat for, like, 40-degree weather. They don't understand. So I can at least have some uh, – a little bit of sympathy for a little quarterback Sawyer. Um, but I think the dead giveaway when they were going through was when they started saying, like, Cleveland Thomas. It's like, oh, well, then obviously Len Bowden's going to be quarterback. But you know what? I'm not as smart as you like it. I was 10 minutes late. It's okay. This is just behind the eight ball a little bit. It's okay. I've lived longer than you. It's so true. A little more, little more wisdom. You are older. People forget that. Um, and but here's the here's the thing. Look, it is I'm going to have a little bit more wisdom when we hit the road to Athens. You this are. Week. Yes, because been there, done that, and I'm going to remind you how to party. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't as good as I once was, but one time I think I can rally the troops and get it going. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing. Uh, Drew Franklin, he's been taking a lot of flack for not being the party animal that he once was. So we've got to we've got to represent the brand. brand. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got to build it back up, and we're going to do just that this weekend. Um, there's a couple of different places uh, you can check out for you know. There's a lot going on in in, in what some people are calling Cathens. <laughs> Who are those people? Okay, it's one people, and that's uh, one Aaron Flaner. Who, you know, he, 
his mind, he's he's had his head in the sand, the, the sand traps, maybe a little too long. But you know what? If it can be Catlana, why not Cathens? Why not? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, but there are a couple of good spots. I just realized, uh, so we'll peel back the curtain. Uh, I've been just reusing the post that I wrote in the past about where to eat and drink at these road trips. And I just realized in one of them. Um, one of those places is closed? Well, one of those places is Kentucky basketball place tonight. Here's where we're going to watch the game. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Blue-white game. Blue-white game Friday night. So we're going to have to find a place to watch it, Mr. Luckett. Yeah. Get the blue-white game. Got House Lake Northwestern. Yeah. Which your dad will be at. Yeah. We got uh, World Series. Or not World Series. Yankees-Astros game four. Ooh, we can cheer against the Yankees. Yeah. So good sports night. There's like three or four college football games on too. So Kind of wild for a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. But it should be a good time in Athens. Just, I don't, I'm going to be, I don't like to make plans. So just tweet at us. We'll be there. And, you know, we'll be come like, Come find hey. us. Yeah, just we'll say. Be two tall guys. Yeah, just say who up. Somewhere. And, uh, you know, we'll come find you. Ooh, and this is also when when the wife is not around, I might dabble into the bourbon a little bit. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Get some brown water going. Yeah, she don't like the smell. You know, typically it's like, gross, get away from me. So when I'm out of town, bourbon's going down. There you go. Yeah, that sounds it's like not such a, a football, freaking old It's man. not a Kentucky football road trip. No. It's about some Kentucky bourbon. Exactly, exactly. You're exactly right. So it's going to be a fun time. Um, we can get in more into the game. But why, let's just brag about Kentucky winning a football game. It feels pretty good, doesn't it? It was fun. It feels good to run for 300 yards. Was it 330? 330. That's, that's pretty good. It feels good to sit on a defense for 37 minutes. It's almost like when we said run the damn ball last week that Eddie Graham was like, you know what, like those Rollicket and Roush guys, they're pretty smart. Let's run the damn ball. feels good to have a kicker, make a 50-plus yarder. And real good. Mm-hmm. A 47-yarder too, man. He just barely hooked it. Yep. That was close. It was, but he had – I think he answered his question, our questions about leg strength. Oh, this isn't a Miles Butler situation where anything outside of 40 yards, you're really kind of stretching it. No, oh, he's got plenty of leg. Yeah. Which, by the way, where He's is not it? a small kicker. Oh, is a spicy Italian meatball. <laughs> but we, we're, I'm wondering, where was this guy last year? Was it just, he was on the team. I, you know, I guess. I think with Butler, though, they just kind of, they were tru- they knew like 35 and in, he was going to hit, and he's going to hit all his extra points. And we'll bring Poor along slowly. And I think they probably expected Poor to take the job maybe mm-hmm. halfway through the season. It just never happened. In Butler, if you ever had a conversation with him, he had that kind of uh, confidence about him. Mm-hmm. Most Paducah guys I run into had that kind of like swagger about him. And that's what you need as a kicker. If there's anything you learn about right. watching NFL kickers, all the confidence. And which, back, back during fall camp, Dean, they had a video where they, I guess, interviewed the position coach and kind of talked about the position going into the season. Right. And on the special teams one, Dean Hood talked about how close the kicker job was between Poor and Ruffalo. Which I, I will freely grant you, I was the the whole time I was like, <laughs> I don't need to pay any attention to this. It's, well, they're saying it's a kicking you, uh, competition. If you give a scholarship to a kicker, it's just like if you take a junior college player, they're gonna you're taking them to play. Like you're not taking them to develop them. Right, right. So, so but, I, I think that had a big reason why with. What, why poor won the job, but you know he struggled coming out of the gate, and it was good to see Ruffalo get in there and make some kicks, not and a big kick too. It yeah. kind of kept the momentum in the game because Kentucky, 
kind of got it rolling there for a little bit. Had a weird drive to start out the half where they were getting stuffed on first and second down, but Lynn Bolden was just making plays on third down. So it was like this 12-play, only 40-something-yard drive, only because Bolden was making stuff happen on third down. Yeah, and it was a lot of north-south running. I, ain't, I haven't seen him run like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, even at the beginning of the year, he was doing a lot of dancing. Bowden, he was just like, nope, getting upfield, yep. getting down, not taking a lot of hits. He didn't do that thing either where one person had his leg and he, like, dances around trying to break loose and then gets hit by three guys. He mm-hmm. just went down. It was kind of nice to see. Right. It, on those QB powers, you know, he was taking on – he was running in the line, take, uh, taking on tacklers, I guess you would say, physical runs. Mm-hmm. So that's something we'll have to watch moving forward, especially I believe he ended up with 24 carries. That's not something – you not want him very to carry out sustainable throughout the year, um, but we still don't know if this is a full time thing or not. Is this just a short term answer? Is a long term answer? I think another thing to keep in mind is that second bye week that's coming. Mm-hmm. So you got this game, you got Mizzou, and then you have a, a bye before the last four games of the season. Right. So that that's going to help, I think, with uh, the Bowden situation. But it just came out yesterday that. Sawyer Smith is throwing the ball with zip. Got some zip on the ball. So whatever. The hell that means. The, in, the the sad part about it is that was the least Eddie Grant thing he said yesterday. <laughs> when asked to grade his offense, he said, you know, we haven't been a rolling ball at Butcher Knives yeah, by any means, which is just, ah, freaking Eddie Grant. Give me more of that. Give me more Southern little sayings like that. Uh, but I'm at the point now where it's really hard for me to put my finger on exactly what they're going to do in this upcoming game. But I know that they need to start with Bowden just to say, hey, we've got confidence in our guy because he went out there and did it last week. And and I think what I was most pleased with Luckett is they didn't scrap the game plan when they got down in a hole. They stuck to it. And the thing is, is when you're doing stuff like what they did, those first few drives, even though they didn't put up points, they set up so much stuff, especially on the outside. It it opened up so much. And if, y'all, you're, if you're listening to this and you haven't, read Luckett's breakdown of the power toss sweep option play, then I don't know what you're doing right now. Because not only was it a good read, but Luckett had all of the different options that they could run out of it. And, I mean, was there was there a negative play out of that? Not that I saw. Yeah, I mean, they – it worked well. And Bowden got his – he took advantage of the quick – I mean, all they needed was, all right, quick reads, there's your guy, bang, mm-hmm. just like that. And there's stuff they can build off that. Last year against Florida, they ran that power toss look, but they built a counter off of it onto the other side, and that was the touchdown Terry Wilson scored. Yeah, about 30-yard run. Yeah. yeah. So that's another wrinkle that they can put in there, and they can always fake it and sneak somebody out on a deeper on a deeper route. So there's a bunch of stuff you can build off of, of that. You've had – they ran inverted veer where they ran like the sweep action with smoker rows going outside, and then – Bolden was reading a certain defender, and if a certain defender did something, either he ran inside with power mm-hmm. or they gave it to him on the sweep. Like the smoke run in the fourth quarter, I believe, was on an inverted, inverted veer look where he just – where Bolden makes the right weed, weed read <laughs> and smoke busted it out. But the biggest thing I think Kentucky has found now with Bolden at quarterback is they found their formula, their formula to win games. Hmm. Eddie Grant has been here for, let's see, he started here in 2016. So you're looking at almost 50 games, maybe right at 50 games he's been here. How many games have they won where the passing won it for him? 
I think just the Steven Johnson Florida our Louisville win. Um, that game. I mean, if you want to say last year's Louisville win too, um, because Terry Wilson just yeah, but they ran up. for they ran for three hundred yards all too in that game. Uh, let me try to think if there's any more. Maybe like Toledo earlier in the year. Maybe Mississippi State to set up the McGinnis field goal. Yeah, but you. I mean, point being, run the damn ball. So they're at their best when they are, you know, establishing the run, running the ball. Their offensive line is a bunch of maulers. They're, they need to be run blocking. If they're having to pass pro 30, 35 times a game, some bad stuff's going to happen mm-hmm. just because that's just how that roster is built. And then it it allows you to get touches to A.J. Rose, Kavase Smoke in different types of ways. You're not just running inside. You're getting them involved outside. Chris Rodriguez was a guy I thought we would see. We we did, but <laughs> it was a shot put instead of a football pass. Okay, I just want you all to know that when I – like, what kid is not the most animated person during a football game? Like, as far as like, – you're, you're, you're conversational, but I've never seen you, like, mad or outraged. When they threw that pass to Chris Rodriguez, the look of apathy on your face, just like a – Oh, so they're going to put him in now? And this is what we're going to do? Like, what the hell, Eddie? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still think if they're going to get in those condensed formations like they've been dead set on doing with A.J. Rose and short yardage, get just put your 235-pound yeah. back in there and just let him try to make something happen Did, instead of a guy that's better suited to be runner, to be a slashing-type runner, to be an outside guy. So I haven't written this post yet. I'm it's in the process of it. And, you know, I'm dealing with raccoons and stuff in my house, which uh, I, I might not get to that on here. We don't need to get to that on here. I'll, I'll write about it or something. But in short yardage, when I was asking Eddie and Charmin, they were like, well, yeah, we just had missed assignments. Like, they are very steadfast on no. – he's like, we don't have to go back to the drawing board. We've got some new stuff, but we so, just missed assignments. And two yeah, of them were just dudes crossing your face. I think Rose has proven when there are, is a missed assignment, sometimes you just got to make – A play. Chicken salad out of chicken shit, <laughs> and so he Rose has proven that he just that's not what he's at. He's best at. He's got other strengths, running inside in in between the tackles to get a yard in a short yardage do or die situation is not one of his strengths. Let's see what Rodriguez can do with yeah, that because I, he can take on a tackle. He can fall forward. Yes, and we just he has the pad level. That's the only thing that the, the only the only game planning game-calling situation I'll get on is is that, the the fourth and short. I thought it was a mistake to go for it at their own 35, which Stoops admitted after the game. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to put the ball in your best player's hands. Max Duffy, let him flip the field. That's fun just to say. <laughs> but, I mean, he is I mean, it, but it's all-American for true. a reason. Yeah. Um, I'm – on the flip side, they did enough on the exterior that on those third and longs, they were able to just run a couple inside zones mm-hmm. and not force Bowden to make a play and just pop off like 12 yards. Right. Now, you can't do that against Georgia, but you can do that against Arkansas. You can get them cheating, um, even though Bumper Pool did really get rolling. Yeah, but – just wanted to say that, pun. I'm sorry. To me, it's just – I think Kentucky found the formula. I also think we've had multiple instances where Grand is kind of at his best when he has to adjust on the fly. Like you spend, he spends all off season planning out this offense for Terry Wilson. When he first got here, he spent all off season planning out how they were going to pass the ball with Drew Barker. And then now we've seen some injury instances where he's had to change on the fly, 
and he's had to totally convert the offense into something. We saw it in 2016. I think we can see it now with Bowden at QB. I think they're, this ground game can really do some really um, some special things. The best thing they're doing right now, if you just look at their statistics, it's running the ball just in general, mm-hmm. and it's creating explosive plays on the ground. They rank sixth or fifth in 20-plus yards? Uh, I believe it's – I had it written down earlier this week. They well, might – and just, just in general, I don't have the rushing. It's just they rank 24th overall in 20-plus yard plays. It's sixth in rushing. Yeah, I'm pretty, that yeah. sounds right. And in – on the flip side, Georgia, fifth. They've mm-hmm. given up two rushes over 20 yards in right. how many games? Seven? Mm-hmm. That's good. But they've also haven't seen a kind of dynamic that Kentucky's going to provide with Bowden at quarterback either. Yeah, I mean, they kind of got a little bit of that with on Joyner. He didn't do a whole lot, but they, their offense was just like, please just keep your defense off the field. Like, right. just get a couple first but downs. But they're not – Joyner wasn't going making the type of reads that I guess – Bowden is going to be making. It's going to be more complex. Which confuses – Because Joyner didn't even practice for South Carolina last week. Which He's their backup quarterback. Why – I mean, he was injured. Mm-hmm. I know that – I mean, he was out for that uh, He had a South hamstring Carolina. issue. But, like, dude's got – you got to get the guy just some – at least some looks mm-hmm. um, so he knows what to do. But either way, uh, South Carolina did pull off that upset. Well, a little bit – let's do a little bit more in the Arkansas game before we get to that because I have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mostly just wanted to, like – make fun of Kirby Smart. More like Kirby Dumb. <laughs> Never heard of that one before. Um, but I think from a just a watching the X's and O's kind of perspective, the RPO of Limboden is very comfortable in those. He did it in high school. It's like we talked about going into the game. He's comfortable making those reads and playing in that style offense. He's com- he, he thinks – I'm sure he thought when Terry went down, he's like, I should be playing. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he thought I should be the quarterback. Yeah, because that's Lynn. That's how he rolls. Yeah, and so, like, he thinks that, you know, like, he's he's the guy. He's the he's the head honcho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, that's his name on Twitter, yeah. right? Honcho, I think. What's the difference between honcho and honcho? I don't know. Is that what the – Brothers. The hip-hops? Because there's, there's a lot of honchos. Calvin Taylor is a honcho, too. Yeah, he is a honcho. He's a Calv honcho. Which, by the way, you must like, be a bad dude to be a huncho. You really do. He's like top ten in the SEC in sacks now. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Yeah. He's been awesome all season. Yeah, he's and I mean, the final series just coming up big at the perfect moment. Back to back sack and then a well PBU, PBU. action. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the fact that he hasn't had more this year at six nine is kind of astounding. Um, but I think it did take him a little while to kind of get going, get rolling. He's going to be a senior bowl like. Oh ooh. yeah, he's getting drafted. Yeah, he's going to be a. Oh man, this guy. He does on paper he shouldn't be that but like the guys in the NFL now, I mean, Calais Campbell's like six nine. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just tall. as big. Um at the senior bowl, he's gonna be a guy that everybody's kinda like goo-gooing over just because of that size. They're gonna be like, Oh, this guy's a defensive tackle. Oh, this guy's kinda good at defensive tackle. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but he's get he's gonna get drafted. He's been Kentucky's best defensive player this year. So defensively, obviously we liked what we saw from the D line. I didn't, I didn't understand. Arkansas was throwing it when they should have been running it, and it's like we talked about going into the game. Raheem Boyd is a good back. He now leads the SEC in rushing, but he's not built to carry the ball twenty-five to twenty-eight times. They have a set number of times they want to run it. The rest they want to pass it. They are a pass-first offense. 
Passing is their identity, it's their DNA, it's everything. They want to pass the ball around the yard. So you just have to be patient. You know the passes are coming. And that that's what happened with Arkansas. Nick Starkle was coming off an elbow injury against A and M. You could see it in some of those. And he was just he Man, was there, off. There was a couple of deep balls. And then I, that we just looked didn't at even he, have a That's what I was just that one they threw deep on like kind of a delay I mean, kind of thing. It, it, it tailed like it just didn't have a chance. And I said he, that he can make that throw. And it just it didn't have a chance. It, was, what, it looked what? like he was throwing into like a twenty mile an hour wind. Like the wind just took it down. <laughs> it's like that Vandy game last right. year. And that just wasn't the case. So he was off, and it probably took him too long to go to Ben Hicks. Yeah, which moved the ball effectively. But I think if you take away the Brandon Eccles P.I., I mean, that was just – But we good. saw while Arkansas was bad in the red zone. Kentucky had a decent – or had an advantage they needed to win. When Arkansas was in the red zone on offense, they needed to get stops because that's where Arkansas's biggest weakness that season was. And they did. And so that was good to see, especially after – um, turn it over on downs, mm-hmm. and especially at the end of the game, those are the two times where they had to really get a stop. And they got it, and they got it. I um, overall, the game felt more didn't feel like a one touchdown game. Um, I mean, the, the score was final score was misleading in my opinion. Kentucky had more yards per play. They had more chunk plays. They controlled the tempo. They ran more plays. They had the ball for 37 yeah, some minutes. I think Arkansas only ran like 48 plays or something. They didn't run a lot. They ran right at six. I think they ended up at 60. You know, I'm And Kentucky ge- was like 66. I'm getting uh, – I saw Lonnie Johnson highlight. And he, he was like, yeah, he played all 48 snaps for the Texans. I was like, what? Huh? An NFL game? How was it? But, I mean, that Texans won because they kept the Chiefs off the field. Right. Regardless. Big win for them. Yeah. Yeah. So they – a lot, too. Mm-hmm. You – We'll just we'll press. I mean, we did it all on the football podcast, but the UK NFL guys getting a lot of a lot of reps. So Darius is an All Pro. Yeah. To this point in the season, he's really good, mm-hmm. and he's also really entertaining. Like the sack celebrations, good fantastic. To see, good to see Benny get back in there. Mm-hmm. Start making some stuff happen. Josh got Teddy, and our boy. Stinks that the Jets are starting to get all their players back, and that Avery Williamson isn't out there. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, and they look good. Uncle mm-hmm. Sam mm-hmm. lit up the Cowboys. Ooh, that's a good nickname. I haven't heard that one. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't really fit the Cali bro image I have of him. Um, the one who is going to be the best of the bunch is one Austin McGinnis, which Belichick needs to get on his P's and Q's, do the right thing, and sign McGinnis because, yes, it would be cool. He got uh, drafted by the Dallas Renegades, I believe is their name. But Bob, he got drafted Bob by Stoops. Bob Stoops' team, which also, people forget how Mummies is offensive coordinator. Jeff Bidette is on the team, too. Which, by the way, bad mixture. You do not want to be the kicker for a Hal Mummy team. They're going for it. They're or, going. Do, or do you, because then there's not much pressure on you. I don't know. I, either way, let's just get him to the Patriots, because then, like, It'll be incredibly exciting to watch him pull an Adam Vinatieri in the Super Bowl. Let's make it happen. Yeah, the Patriots need a kicker. They really sure. do. Freaking Mike Nugent. He's like 50 years old. Get mm-hmm. his ass out of there. Either, okay. Get out of here, Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah, freaking Buckeyes. Um, one more kind of thought I wanted to get on this game. It was just refreshing that Kentucky finally got to run the ball on the edges. Like, the, Benny Snell, football, is not the same as – what these running backs can do. Now, if if they get a nice hole, 
they can cut it up and get a stumbling forward for like six or seven if they get tripped up at the line. But for the most part, these guys aren't making their money between the tackles. They're making their monies on the edges. And this was the first time you really saw them be productive. And they did it by simply like, all right, screw any kind of sort of traditional. We're just going to sweep it. I mean, give them an extra three or four yards for – I mean, because that's the difference. They're fast enough. You get it enough head full of steam. Let's not do this, you know, outside zone read, all that kind of junk. I know that what Arkansas does made it easier for the Cats, but it was just – I was just happy to see them make some plays outside that weren't Lynn Bowden just scrambling whenever they blitz. Which, by the way, that was another thing I like too. When When he saw the blitz coming, he's like, oh, well, that means I'm left free. Let me just run for 20 yards. It's great. It's good mm-hmm. to see. They, I mean, team Arkansas had no respect for Lim Bolden's passing, and you can't really blame him. If he's able to hit on some of those scrambles, may, maybe, you know, break out of the pocket, maybe instead of taking off, hitting a big pass play, that's when you're going to start see the spies coming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when those come, that should help you in other areas. But to get back to just one point, one more point I want to get back. Okay. Kentucky – Kentucky's defense has been pretty good in big play prevention. They're they're like middle of the pack nationally. But when they give up a big play, they really give up a big play. Only six teams in the country have allowed more 40-plus yard plays in Kentucky. And we've seen it at Mississippi State when they had a chance to get off the field, get their offense a chance to win. Mm -hmm. Garrett Schrader rips off a big one. Mm -hmm. It wasn't quite 40-plus yards, but Rico Dowdle off an interception. Yeah, that was like 33 or something. Yeah. Yeah. We saw it against Florida. You, they, Kentucky missed the field goal. They have third and four or whatever it was. Need to stop, get your offense the ball back, maybe have a chance for another field goal. Runs a jet sweep, gone. So, so we've seen it multiple times here in the last, you know, four games in a row now. So that, that they have to sure that up, especially going into this week. So they gave them – that's the start off. They gave them seven points right off the bat. They give them three more because going for it on a silly game decision, game management decision by Mark Stoops instead of punting it. They give them seven by getting a stop on offense. Your offense didn't have a three and out all day. They get the ball first and go at the one. You have to move the chains there. You finally get the lead. You have to just – situational football. You have to give your punter some room to let him flip the field again. You have to just get out of there. Instead, they, they don't get a yard. It's third and ten. They have to punt it. What happens in that situation, the punter's job is to just get the ball out. Don't mess around with it like mm-hmm. he usually does. Right. Just get it off. Rip it. And he gets it off, and Traylon Burks is a good punt returner. Jamin Davis has him. It's a one-on-one situation mm-hmm. in space. He misses the tackle. I mean, that's going to happen. You would like to see him make the tackle. He missed the tackle. Or at least slow him down a little bit right. more. And so that create, so that means he got to the wall they were building outside. It's and it was 20. the first – was the first punt, yards. first punt return Kentucky gave up all season. First substantial punt return. And that sets them up like right on the brink of – right outside the red zone. So, in the, in that, Kentucky kind of gave, gave Arkansas, what is that, 17 points? Mm-hmm. So, if those don't happen, I think that game could have been a lot different. If Kentucky doesn't get a penalty before the first field goal attempt, maybe that field goal is made. Yeah. And in, in they before the fifty yarder, they had another penalty yeah. too. Yeah, on Stop. top of a sack yeah. on third down. Like, like help your kicker out a little bit now. If you're gonna, you know, let's not make it harder than it has to be. Let's not make a mountain out of Well, a thirty-eight yarder turn into a fifty-three yarder. Yeah, come on. So, 
So there's still there's still these instances where they're shooting themselves in the foot that that has to be fixed. But overall, I I looked at that when I evaluated that game, it was not as close as I think the final score said it was. I think Kentucky controlled the tempo. You saw at the end that Arkansas really didn't have any answers. They were a little bit gassed because Kentucky was just leaning on them all night, and Bolden ripped off those big runs. Anytime you run for 300 yards, that should tell you how that game's. You're controlling the game if you're able to run for that many yards on somebody, and that was a good thing to see. That was I liked I liked that analysis. I got a little distracted. I'm not going to lie, because. Our friends over at the Sources Say podcast, which you should be listening to, Kentucky Basketball Recruiting, they're going to be up till 11 p.m. Thursday night for a Devin Askew announcement, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> 11 p.m. Eastern time. Is that kid on he's, Eastern? He's only, he's a Cali kid. Instagram announcement? IG live in it? Uh, live from Stancic headquarters, whatever Stance is, I don't know. But it is funny because Larry Vaught said that it was going to happen Thursday. Like his coach told him, he gets mad, tells Larry, no, I'm not announcing Thursday. And then eh, he's actually going to announce Thursday. Kind of funny. Life of recruiting coverage. Recruiting, man. It's real pain in the rear. Don't sleep. Just like the people in Athens. Cathens is what they're calling. So tell me a little bit about Athens, Mr. Roush. What can one Adam Luckett expect? So first off, beautiful campus. Absolutely gorgeous. I've looked at the early weather reports. Small chance of rain. Going to be a nice fall day, though. It's going to be an outdoor press box, too. Remember that. Might want to bring a pair of gloves so you can be typing well. At least we can type inside afterwards. But during the game, it gets a little chilly out there. I did not know that the first time I went. I was. I think during the game, though, the forecast is supposed to be pretty. I think of like 70s at kickoff. And then it'll get down to low 60s, maybe high 50s by the time of the end of the game. So, yeah. we should have. Should be pretty, pretty nice. Um, it's hilly, so wear your walking shoes. Like Tennessee hilly? No. WKU hilly? Like rolling hills. So okay. it doesn't look that bad, but it's like you find yourself panting after a little while. Okay. Uh, but very pretty. Uh, we're coming at a good time. The leaves will be falling. Uh, Can we rip up the hedges like South Carolina did? They ripped up the hedges? <laughs> you didn't see that? No. The AD had to apologize, or apologize for it. Yeah, that was like their 90th birthday too. Yeah, they ripped them up and they were – they just took them as mementos. Did they rip an entire bush out? I think they just all, all the players went out to different ones and kind of ripped. <laughs> oh my gosh! What a out. jerk move! Yeah. Oh, that is incredible, though. Yeah. Wow. I'm the, sure the Georgia fans weren't the too happy disrespect. about that. Oh man, you get and beat Muschamp, on. Muschamp was a bulldog. Was he really? Yeah. He looks like a bulldog. Mm-hmm. The last time I was there, I ran into Ugga without even meaning to. He was in his. Uh, it was before he got on the field. He was in his like uh, carrier, like in the back of a car, and I was like, "Ugga, was he sleeping? What's up, buddy? Um, no, just kind of panting. It's kind of what he does. A lot of panting. That picture you put up of Ugga was a good one on the website earlier this week. Oh, thanks. Are you sure it was me? <laughs> I thought it was your post. I don't. I, 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 they all run together at this point. We're we're in week seven. Or eight. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's, you know, everything's blending in. We're about to start having basketball happen at the same time. It's going to be very confusing times. Um, but Georgia, very beautiful. I suggest you getting in there Friday night to sample what the downtown strip has to offer from the Georgia Theater all the way back. We're, we need to go to the rooftop of the Georgia Theater. It's pretty cool. Hey, I'm following you. I don't, I've never okay. been. So I'm just trying to take, bask in the glory, take it all in. 
mm-hmm. see what Athens has to offer. It's um, it's a lot of fun. Th- what's really good too is if you can get, uh, not old timers, but like the stories of like football players from a decade ago and the kind of things that would go down pre cell phone era are very entertaining. You know the so and so did this on his official visit kind of things. Those are those are gems, absolute <laughs> gems. But and the thing that I like about Georgia fans too, they're always nice. The, there was one kid who tried to like bark at me after they won, and I was like, "It's <laughs> like, yeah, like you won by forty. Like you're supposed to, you know." Um, but it's it's a it's a lovely place. If you want to go to the catwalk on Saturday, it will be on the side of the stadium by the railroad tracks, which is. The opposite of where Georgia enters by their library, which that's really cool too. Like it is you, the stadium sits down in between two hills, and when you go into the press box, it shows like the progression of the stadium because it is a very old stadium. It doesn't feel that way though because of the way that it was built. It had a lot of room to grow, so it starts on almost like a natural amphitheater and then kind of builds its way up so that when you walk across looking down at like the bookstore in this big kind of plaza area. There's a lot of tailgating and the bands there playing before. They're on field level. You're on the upper level, like the bottom of it, but it's really just like you're walking across a hill and a little bridge. It's it's just a really cool place. I'm a big fan and I'm maybe we'll run into the Fromms. I ran into them last year after the Kentucky game in Lexington and got caught talking about how good Justin Fields was. And that so that made for awkward <laughs> when when they walked. It's a away, hot topic down there now. You just a year early to the party. Yeah, it was it, it was one of those where like I was I was trying to brag about how good they were. I was like, even their backup Justin Fields, my gosh, that guy's so good. And then like I walk away to get a drink, and one of their friends was like, Yeah, you know that was the Fromms, right? You probably shouldn't be bragging about his backup there. And I was like, Ooh, let me go bond some bridges, so to speak. Uh, but. All that aside, into the actual game, Georgia just laid a dump truck of an egg uh, against South Carolina. Fluky. Fluky loss in yeah. a lot of ways. So, South Carolina, I think they, they definitely are better than what we thought. I mean, you told me that going into the season when I was just bashing Jake Bentley because I love to do that. But their defensive line, very good. Um, Ken Law, I saw this week projected like top They're secondary pick. too. South Carolina secondary is really good. That interception that one dude had was awesome. Israel Mukuamu. He's he's like Chris. I mean, he's kind of like a Chris Westry. He had a hell of a break on that pass. Just size wise, yeah. Three interceptions for him. Mm -hmm. He won't ever have a better game than that. So here, here, I'm just going to lay out my biggest worry. We can talk about some of the South Carolina game, but my biggest worry for this Georgia game is that all of the college football talking heads that I that I keep up with who follow this stuff very closely. They pull their hair out every Saturday watching Georgia just pump the brakes on offense the entire game. And then whenever they're like, okay, we got to score points, Jake Fromm just in a hurry and he starts playing like a future first-round NFL draft pick. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, Kirby Ball, this is the defensive guy in him. And and honestly, you, you understand it to a certain extent. You've got DeAndre Swift. Your running backs are your bread and butter. And that O-line, too. Yeah, so you understand it to a certain point, but the college football heads go mad that they don't let Jake Fromm just do Jake Fromm things until they absolutely have to, 
and then it's too little too late. That's what happened on Saturday. He was terrible in overtime. He's like one for seven. Yeah, well, the interception, though, hit the guy, you know, just right in the hands. Yeah. Like, so that should have been a, you know, a catch, and that probably leads to a score. Mm-hmm. So that one wasn't really on him. But Georgia is now 0-4 when Jake Fromm throws for 30 passes or more. Ooh. So their their DNA, man, it's just – they're old school Alabama. What Nick Saban was originally at Alabama. It's let's get a bit, our big offensive line. Let's get all these five star running backs I've recruited, and let's just run it down their throat. And then on the other side, we're going to play tough, hard nosed defense. We're going to stop the run, and we're going to control the game. We're going to sit on you. We're going to own the time possession, and we're going to have better players at every position. And that's how we're going to beat you. That's the formula that Kirby Smart is using. But when they get out of it, where they ask a lot of their quarterback. That's where it really hurts them. They don't have the most complex passing game. They have talented receivers. They're young though. But they're young. George they Pickens lost Hardman, is going to. They lost George Pickens is, has like first round talent, but he's a true freshman and he's their leading receiver this year. Their second leading receiver, Lawrence Cager, is a grad transfer from Miami, and he's probably not going to play on Saturday, and he missed most of the South Carolina game. And then after that, it it's just they've got a lot of guys that they're just they don't really have answers that aren't as good as they need them to be, just to point it bluntly. So what Georgia's going to come out and do, what they want to come out and do every week is just run it down your damn throat. They want to run the damn ball. Kirby might as well have a stamp on his visor that says (laughs) run the damn ball. So what they do with this offensive line that is loaded with blue chip talent, five stars everywhere, here's how loaded Georgia is on the offensive line. Their top two left guards probably are going to miss the game this week. One's for sure out, Justin Schaefer. The other one, Solomon Kinley's out. Guess who they're starting in place at left guard? Just a five-star fo- sophomore, Cade Mays. Oh, playing no. all over the line. Just a five-star? Yeah. Oh, so no. they have Andrew Andrew Thomas, who wasn't a five-star, is going to be a top 15 pick, the first, probably the first tackle off the board in the NFL draft this year. On the other side of the ball is Isaiah Wilson, a 6'7", 350-pound tackle, who's going to be a high draft pick whenever he comes out. Trey Hill might might be the best center in the SEC. So they just got dudes on that offensive line. So what's going to happen? They're going to come out and they're going to try to run it down Kentucky's throat. And here's the biggest reason for concern if you're a Kentucky fan. Georgia average or Georgia's yard per carry rank is third in the FBS in the country. Kentucky's yards per carry defense rank is 113th. Ooh. So that's not a good mix. No. Nope, not at all, especially with the young mm -hmm. backers. So, for Kentucky's defense to have a chance to, you know, they've got this streak of not giving up more than 30 points going. Yeah. For that to have a chance, Georgia has struggled in creating big plays. They're like 60th or so in the country in big play rate. that's, That's been their biggest issue is creating explosive plays. The reason Georgia was able to, or Georga was created, or was that, South Carolina made Georgia a one-dimensional offense last week was because they just didn't get that. I think they had one yard, one run over 20 yards. So they just kind of shut down the running game as much as they could, and then that made – and they got out to the lead early, and that made Georgia pass it a little more than they were comfortable with. So for Kentucky, it's just – they're going to run the ball on you, and that's going to happen. They've ran the ball on Kentucky every year since Smart's been there. That's been who they are. They've ran for over 300 yards the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that last year we saw DeAndre Swift, 80-plus yard run. Man, Holyfield, that, multiple 20-yard runs. That Mike Edwards cut was just mm-hmm. filthy, just absolutely filthy. I looked it up again last night. It's still pretty <laughs> nasty. 
It's going to be on his NFL draft day. And then, yeah. And, and I know, and like Mike Edwards, the best open field tackler I've ever seen at Kentucky, mm-hmm. and he just skirt. And then last year, or two years ago, you had a Nick Chubb, like 80-yard touchdown run. You had a Sonny Michelle, like a 40-yard touchdown run on a third and long. Mm-hmm. So for Kentucky, I think the goal is let's, not, let's stop the big play. Do not let the big play get us. Mm-hmm. Make them earn it. Make them go 12 plays. So that's, I think, the, the biggest goal for that defense is just making them – do not give them big plays on the ground. Make them get them in other ways. So I think you're going to see more man coverage from Kentucky. A lot of people have been, play man, get out of the zone, play man. No, 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 no. You're going to see some on Saturday. and Let's see if you like the results. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and especially from a – if your linebackers aren't scraping well enough because they're getting blocked easily. That's just, the biggest concern, I think, with Kentucky's run defense is those linebackers because I think the defensive line, for the most part, is doing their job. What they're missing is it's not only just on the linebackers, too. I think it's some on safety yeah. and a nickel, too. They're not getting any run defense from the nickel, and that's a position that you should be getting some from. Which did Tower Agent even play at all? I didn't see him out there. I mean, it was Griffin most of the night, and then right, mostly right. Kentucky oddly played stuck in base a lot mm-hmm. more than you would think they would going up against an Arkansas. I think the tight end had something to do with that, mm-hmm. and because they were just playing that tight end pretty much whenever he split out, they were just saying they were just let's go man on him. We're not leaving him open, right? Which was smart because they like to get him involved in like screens and stuff like that. So I think that made sense. But, yeah, I think Kentucky just – they're going to have to find a way to just not give up the big play. Don't give up the 75-yard touchdown to start. Yeah, that nice would be to bad. Get a, might, nice to get a start uh, stop on the first possession. So, I was uh, just looking at the kind of over and under stuff. They, they've got it at 48. Mm-hmm. They're not expecting much for Kentucky's offense either. With a – and it's 20 – it opened at 27. It's down at 25. So, they're essentially saying it's going to be a – uh, thirty-eight to ten kind mm-hmm. of game. Um, thirty-four ten, thirty-eight ten, some, somewhere in there. Thirteen, something like that. S and P had UK barely covering that, but it doesn't. It doesn't know what to think about Kentucky, especially with this one Bowden at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I was the, the reason why I want. I, I wanted to look up that number. It shocked me that that number is the same as South Carolina, Florida, because I feel like that game is going to be a just a. 14 to 14 or South 14 Carolina, 17 slugfest. They've got fest. some defensive injuries they're dealing with right now. Two uh, on the two on the defensive line. Both defensive ends are questionable. Which one? Kim- Sterling and um Monum. not Kinlaw. Yeah. Monum. Mm-hmm. Mm, makes sense. Um but either way it's one of those games that Yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be a couple of bad visuals. We talked about the Mike Edwards one earlier. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I have a feeling that our boy Cash hasn't seen the last of his humbling experiences. It's funny. That play is funny on a win. Oh, that's yeah. It's hilarious on a win. And it's one of those that they're going to play in the film room and laugh about. But after a loss, could be a yikes kind of. And the pass rush has come. If Cash finishes that, that's four sacks Kentucky got against an offense that only given up seven sacks Arkansas going into last week. Yeah. And this is another team that just doesn't give up sacks Georgia. So, so that offensive line again. Mm-hmm. So can Kentucky, but a lot of that is they're not in. They're kind of built like Kentucky, where they're not in a lot of obvious passing down yeah, situations. Yeah, they're yeah. not a lot of obvious, you know, where your their guys are on the island a lot. But can Kentucky? Can they when they get them there? Can they? Can they get after them? And I, 
I think that's a good sign we've seen lately is that pass rush is really making an impact. It's what needed to be a strength of the team is starting to become that. So I was doing my scouting by watching a game from 10 years ago. And I did my research, and I found out the best way, the easiest way to beat Georgia at Georgia is for Georgia to commit four second-half turnovers. And it's I'm not exaggerating to say that that probably needs to happen for Kentucky to win. Oh, yeah. Because here – so last time they were down there, like it, it was 42-13. Complete blowout, right? No, wrong. It was actually like Kentucky had a chance to have command of that game going into the halftime locker room. But they weren't opportunistic when the they they presented themselves. You had Josh Allen get a pick in Georgia territory. I think that was the one that they they settled for a field goal, and then mm-hmm. they was it an it was another turnover or somehow they got the ball in a short field, and it was a, yeah they got. I think they kicked the field goal, and then I think they got another stop, and then they went down again and had to kick another field goal. They, or something but, like that. But, and then but, Georgia went up and scored the next drive, and then Kentucky never had the lead again. And it was one of those where they should have had 14 points, but that that pass sailed right over Justin Riggs' head. Yep. Zedra C.J. Conrad yep. got hurt, and it just hit him in the fingertips. He catches that. He walks in the end zone. And Kentucky at least gets 10 points out of it. Instead, they only get three out of two short fields, and you can't, you can't leave any points out on the board. I think Kentucky – I mean, they showed on Saturday there's big playability there. Now, when Bowden – I think we've learned that his strength is more side-to-side and agility-wise than kick it into third gear and just never get caught. Uh, yep. We still haven't seen that from A.J. Rose yet. I think they can at least get themselves into positions, but like we said earlier, worry about the short yardage situations. I just worry that even if the opportunities present themselves in this game, they will be unable to capitalize on them. You mentioned that extra gear. Kentucky is 24th nationally in 20-plus yard plays. However, they're tied 78th in 40-plus yard plays. Yeah. So they're not getting that when they get out there and they're not, you know, driving at home, making a really big splash. I think that's something you would like to see moving forward because I know I know Lynn doesn't have that extra gear, but I think Rose has it and I think Smoke has it a little bit, and we just haven't seen it from them. Smoke struggled getting loose last week. Right. Yeah, he, just wasn't he struggled the last couple games. Mississippi State, he struggled. South Carolina, mm-hmm. he had the migraine, and then – Outside of that fourth quarter run, he really struggled against Arkansas. So they need him to kind of have a bounce back performance here soon. But offensively, it's a game, man. You just go down here. You've got some confidence. Let's go down here and let it rip a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's throw a gadget play in there. Let's try to do some maybe different stuff we've been working on a little bit in practice that haven't felt comfortable throwing in the Has game. They yet. ever give Ahmad Wagner just a single safety, or he's not chained over. Just, right. just rip it. Why not? You got nothing to lose. And Lynn, Lynn has a good arm. Mm-hmm. He has a really good arm. And that, that the the pass interference he got. Watch, I had my first fan press box moment. I don't know if you saw <laughs> it. Was, I gave him a little fist bump. It was pretty loud in there. Yeah, yeah. everybody kind of. And, and the thing is, is UK quit carrying because it is hilarious every time he gets pass interference. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, just why not? Why not let it rip? And you know what? Why not do something weird where, like, Arkansas did the play where they had the fake quarterback acting like he's on the sideline and then direct snapped to Akeem Boyd. You can't do that about, like, having Sawyer Smith in and then somehow getting it to Lynn Bowden. But you could do something weird, like you said. Just why not? You got nothing to lose. Do it early. Here's an idea, too. Don't defer. I was mad when Stoops deferred. I've been a big – I, I like the deferring. He's been doing it for at least the last two years, maybe three Go let the other team mess up. Have your defense kind of set the tone, get some momentum. No. Put the ball in Lynn Bowden's hands and just let it fly. Mm-hmm. Go get crazy with it. 
I think that can maybe help the team start faster. Yeah. They've been it's starting so different. slow. They've been starting so slow that maybe you consider – because I understand why you defer. The analytics say you should defer because you can win an extra – you can score an extra possession that way because typically there are more possessions in the second half because of obvious reasons. Right. Because the game's running out of time. Everybody's got to get up another field. Right. Yeah. So, from that – I. From that perspective, I understand it. But, you know, they got to figure a way to figure out these starts because this is becoming a a bad issue with the team. My question to you that everybody's asking this week, does Sawyer play? Should he play? I think they give him a series or two after he gets out of hand a little bit. Just to get him kind of back in the, the groove. But I think – I firmly believe that Limbon has won over the locker room, that he's a quarterback. I think Kentucky realizes that the best thing they do is enhanced with Limbon at quarterback. The passing game is what it is at this point. I know I know they want to throw the ball because mm-hmm. I think they they I think they feel it hurts them in recruiting. They feel like to them to reach the high the level they want to reach as a program, they have to be able to throw the ball. And I think Grant and Henshaw, I think it hurts them a little bit, their soul a little bit, that they can't really throw the ball. But with that said, I think this year, the way the season has gone, you have that excuse that your quarterback was hurt. hurt. Your backup got hurt. And your backup that was here for just a month or two months before the season started, he gets hurt Mm -hmm. in in his first game. But I think Kentucky, that, that is enhanced. And I think the defense you play in the back half of the schedule are going to have trouble stopping that offense. Mizzou's defense is really good. They're really good on the inside. Jordan Elliott's another de- NFL defensive tackle Kentucky's going to play. But they've played one team that played played an offense similar to what Kentucky's running right now. And Wyoming ran all over them with that. Kicked their ass. And they haven't seen anything like it since. Not going to see it Saturday. Well, they did. Ole Miss – Ran kind of was running that Rich Rod offense, which is kind of the same thing. And John Rice Pumley, the backup quarterback, ran for like 100 yards before he got knocked out of the game in the third quarter. That game's a lot different if he mm-hmm. finishes because yeah. Ole Miss was right there until he got knocked out. Mm-hmm. So I think for next week, you're looking at it, I think that's your ticket. And then after that, you get to the bye week, then who knows. But I think for right now, the goal should be Lynn's full-time quarterback here these next two games. We're going to give him a chance. And against Georgia, if you put Sawyer back there, because if you put him back there, you're not going to be able to run the ball against this front because the, your best case to be able to run the ball is have Lynn back there to have those different options to defend. And then you're going to ask him to kind of pick apart that defense. I just And you're going to ask your offensive line, which we just talk about. It's just a struggle in traditional pass pro. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think I think they need to lean into Limbo net quarterback. Just see what – especially these next two games, just see what you can get out of it. Because there were so many good things, I think, from that first game in that package that you should not go away from it. It was the best thing that's happened to that team since since really since Terry, Terry. Bo- Terry got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So I think they they should in, in roll you got to salute Grant and Henshaw for putting together the game plan they did and sticking to it. Uh, because they it, it really they did a great job of setting up one thing for another, mm-hmm. um, which it, it felt like that was happening the whole game. It, you don't have as much time or you don't have the luxury of doing that as much against Georgia, so you have to just build off of what they saw in film last week. I don't expect this game to be very close at all. That's why Luck and I were going down to have a good old time. 
because it could be fun. They could do I, – I just want them to do something. The bounces Kentucky needed, South Carolina caught last week. Yeah, yeah. You talk about, you know – Dropping the ball the, right into the – you know, hands Three, the three interceptions. Rich Rod – Miss field goals. Yeah, Rodrigo missing a field goal. That doesn't happen. Two of them. Ugh. So – Fromm not playing very well. Like, South Carolina lost their quarterback, had no business winning that game, still won the game. So, South Carolina offensively – they took care of the football, but other than that, they didn't really play all that great. They kind of had the same offense Kentucky's going to run, but I think Kentucky's is a little more dynamic with Bolden. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding for the offense. I think if the offense got two plus touchdowns, I think in a vacuum, just me sitting right here right now, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be very good and promising. For me, it's going to be similar kind of to that 2016 Alabama game. Yeah, Kentucky that's lost, a good point. didn't score a touchdown. But they were able to run the ball on Alabama, which was kind of like it was close to it was like what seventeen three at half or something like that. Right, Kentucky went up three nothing. I think they lost thirty one to three. That was a big deal. And then they had this big drive late where they went like seventy five yards and seventeen plays or something. Ended up kicking a field goal, but Mm -hmm. really kind of ran it down Bama's throat there at the end. I think that's what it's going to be. Can offensively, can this package we've seen, can it build on? Can it have some success against a Georgia defense that's really good? And then defensively, to me, it's just we, they need to get back to forcing turnovers. They haven't forced one in the last two games. Yeah. And that was kind of what they did well the first five games of the season. So they got to get back to forcing some takeaways. And then just can you limit the big plays? Georgia's going to establish the run. They're going to run on you. But don't give them the big 50, 60-yard plays. If they get a big one, let it be for 35 yards. Just – Right. Try to keep – because if you do that, Georgia's not built to – this isn't Oklahoma. This isn't Alabama. They're not, ex, you know, super explosive. Like I talked about earlier, they they struggle to get big plays. So they want to slowly, like, like shrink you and squeeze you to death. So they want to just slowly beat you. So when that happens, that's going to allow you, especially with the way Kentucky plays. Because if Kentucky has the ball, they're going to eat some clock. So it's a game that, you know – could be close, and then by the time you look at it, it might you know you might kind of be in it in the middle of the third quarter. So who knows? But you can't like like I said, the start you can't have a slow. If you have a slow start, you're going to get housed. Right. And you got to be ready for an onslaught early because they're probably going to come out. You know, I don't buy much into the playing pissed off, but I do buy something into it that the first two possessions I'm being ready to go. So you better match their intensity. Yeah. Yeah. From the exactly. shoot. Well, enough of that. Let's talk about some other football games this weekend because I'm actually interested to see South Carolina and Florida. They're both in weird spots. You you, you called Florida perfectly. Mm-hmm. They were in a good spot against Auburn, and then they were going to get they, – they actually had a lead, though, until like there were like about 20 minutes to play. Uh, they're in the third quarter. They Don't had. worry about LSU's defense. So what – LSU, they'll be able to take care of Mississippi State. I think they can even cover the 18. Mississippi State, they're just anemic offensively. T.L., I want to say something about Mississippi State right quick. Okay. Kentucky's the only team that's had to play full 60 minutes of Garrett Schrader. He was good. And he was good. Yeah. And Joe Moorhead's been stubborn about playing his guy, Tommy Stevens. And I think – I don't know if we're going to see full 60 minutes of Schrader or not on Saturday. But, but Kentucky, that game against Mississippi State, that's going to bug everybody all year. But they Kentucky had to see full sixty minutes of Garrett Schrader. If they had placed Tommy Stevens, Kentucky might win that game. Um, but Moorhead is a guy. I don't think 
If I had, if you made me predict right now, he will not be the head coach of Mississippi State next no, year. No, didn't he get an extension? Yes. <laughs> but that, that that loss to Tennessee was bad. Yeah, it was real bad. They have a there's a beat writer I cover or I follow that covers Mississippi State. He said that their AD was came into the press conference and that never happens. <laughs> oh, that's not a good sign. So I think he's gonna take a job like at Boston College or something. Where's Adazio going? Probably coach O line somewhere. They're gonna can Adazio? Yeah. But he was good last year. He's just What's the ceiling for them? I mean he, they hit it, right? Eight eight wins? Well they have if you look at their history, they've had like they've gone to like twenty five bowl games in probably the last thirty years. They've won a couple they won some big East titles and then they've won they've been in the, the A C title game, A C C title game a couple times. But yeah, they're kind of just a seven, eight win program. But they just kind of stalled out with Adazio, I think. Their quarter and their quarterback's out for the year, so it could get pretty ugly for them at the end of the season. All right, I want to go back to the Florida though. What kind of okay. spots Florida in? Like, I think they're because Zanika and Grenard are quote unquote game time decisions, which means remember yeah. me remember me telling you Florida's getting the bounces this season. Yep, they get some more bounces this week. Oh, now that the Bear put out a nice stat about a Ooh. team that pulls off a twenty plus point upset and then it's an upset or then it's a dog the next week almost always covers. Yeah, and they've I think there's only been a couple straight up wins though. I'm not denying that South Carolina's going to cover, but I'd be pretty surprised if Florida didn't win the football game. Five points, so I could see that happening. Helensky's banged up. Uh, the defense defensive line had some injuries. Yeah. And just I just and Mullen's a good offensive coordinator. I, they'll figure enough out and then I, I just don't think South Carolina is gonna have enough ammo. I see something like, you know, I think it's gonna be an ugly game. Like oh, yeah, twenty seventeen I mean. type thing. Bet that under. Right. Yeah. Bet that under. Do your do the right thing, bet the under. Um I was looking I I, I kinda got ahead of myself, I'm not gonna lie. I thought next week was Alabama. L S U. It's not. It's actually Auburn LSU, which is, should be the mm-hmm. CBS Tiger game. Bowl. Kentucky's getting the night kick with Missouri, so you can go to Keeneland. And I think I've made my – I'm pretty sick and tired of night games, but, you know, that's just me being a big J complaining. Hey, they need that Missouri game at night. Because here, I'm going to tell you about Kentucky fans. They love the 730 kickoff. Yeah, love it. They love it. I don't know what it is. And then you talk about – first off, we, we thought – the fan attendance might be an issue this week. It, turned, it, it, it was incredible. It, it was a great atmosphere, and I think they'll have another good atmosphere for Mizzou, um, no matter what happens this weekend at Georgia. My question for you, Adam Luckett. Bar an injury. You have a new best friend, and I need to know all of the details. So I'm walking into the into the game, into the press box. I'm going to get settled in early. Get stopped by the Arkansas – the hog walk, I guess you would call it. The hog walk. So I got I got to see the woo pig in action. Oh God, it was terrible. Razor back. They kept doing it at the bar and just a ooh. Oh man, so obnoxious. Almost as obnoxious as a cowbell. So while I'm sitting there, this guy comes stands up to me and he's like, like we gave that look like you're media. I'm media too. <laughs> and so he's like, are you uh, going to the press box? I haven't been to the stadium, you know, in a long time. I'm like, yeah, I'm going right over here. Uh, you, he's like, can I follow you once they finish up here? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And he's like, what's your name? I'm Bob Holt. And for those of you who don't know, Bob Holt is <laughs> a frequent guy we talk about on here. Bob Holt is 
the Jerry Tipton of SEC football. Mm-hmm. He is. Yes, you, that'd be a good. If you watch analysis, the, the reason the comparison, reason the reason why I figured out that comparison too is because today's SEC basketball media day mm-hmm. and Auburn like Bruce Pearl was like, oh, see Jerry Tipton's here or Tom Cream was like Jerry Tipton's mm-hmm. here. What you got for me, Jerry? And that's how coaches talk to Bob mm-hmm. because Bob is on SEC, every SEC teleconference. He is at he's at SEC media day in the front row and he's got a very distinctive voice, a very distinctive voice. Uh, Bob Holt. like it's a very kind of like. Very specific sound, and also he had the look. That was what I was most excited to see him for because he had the I'm wearing a button-up slacks and then like New Balance tennis shoes. Yeah, it was it was electric. Nice as could be. We talked about uh, the old series history. He told me his scheduling philosophy about how it's ridiculous that they don't play. Right, um, every yeah. all the time, and I said I agree. You know, and they then we talked about pod scheduling, how oh, they might nice. do that. Got in the pod scheduling. Oh man! And then we also talked about you know Lorenzen a little bit. I was telling him that it was the Jerry Lorenzen day, and they're honoring him. And we talked about the seven overtime game. I'm sure he was there for mm-hmm. it for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, which the newspaper he writes for. One of the last papers standing that small family owned, and uh, a story that John Clay relayed is that. They're going all digital because, you know, printing costs a lot of money. Um, so they're going all digital next year. But they offered to every subs- – Just Lexington or everywhere? No, in Arkansas. In Arkansas, okay. Yes, yes, in Arkansas. So in Arkansas, at the Democrat Gazette, they're going all wi- wireless. But they offered their subscribers, if you if you agree for two years, we'll give you a free iPad. So you can read your new, your newspaper on there. Wow. 80% retention rates. <laughs> Give somebody something free, and they're like, "Oh hell yeah, they signed me up." Right. Um, but that was that was the least of my. Did you all have any other anecdotes? Were you uh, sharing your fondest memories of his questions at SEC football media day? No, I didn't, really didn't get to that because Bob Holt's a popular guy. So oh. by the time it's like Bob, Bob, Bob. But the the best part of the whole night, though, folks, is when we're uh, <laughs> it's probably I don't know twelve thirty in the morning, and we're heading out. Look at. Look, it's already starting on his next day, his day after post, his morning after, because he's a uh, a whippersnapper, if you couldn't tell already. And uh, Bob's at the other end. He's getting ready to walk out. And Look, it just looks up, oh, see you, Bob. And then Bob gives him all the way. See you there, man. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you and, you and Bob, this is a sitcom in the making. That's what they call networking, Mr. Rouse. That was well done. That was well done. And I, actually, I, I did a little bit of chit-chatting on the way out. But you know what? I can't be as cool as Adam Luckett. Lessons learned. It was pretty cool. Who would have known when we started this podcast, first thing we talked about, SEC Media Days and Bob Holt. <laughs> a few weeks later, we would be in the Krogerfield press box kicking it with Bob Holt. Oh, man. Y'all got friendship bracelets made yet? Not yet. But we'll have a secret handshake come next year, SEC Media Day. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun down in Athens. Hey, we, before we could forget, yep. did CBS get it right? Last week – a&M, Bama. Yeah, no, they got that really wrong. I don't know why they didn't go to South Carolina. I guess they'd already been there once this year. I think. But they don't want to go Florida back-to-back? Well, I think it was that you have to go to a school every few years. And I think so it was just time that they knocked Starkville off the list while they had yeah. the chance. And while LSU, like you said, they're giving up a ton of points. Mm-hmm. I, whatever that over is in that Bama-LSU game, mm-hmm. I, I want to bet it. Plus LSU right now, they're kind of the hot 
item, and people are going to want to watch Ooh, them. They're getting first place votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because of their two wins, really, Texas and uh, Florida. Really stir that pot. But, yeah, they got it right. I think they got it right next week, too. Spoiler. Spoiler. Tiger well, Bowl. I hope you're looking forward to a long drive down to Athens because I'm controlling the stereo. I won't Matt Jones it, but I'm, I'm playing some jams. Hey, it's your, it's, it's your vehicle. I actually don't do a lot of jam playing, but I do. What I do is I get really jacked up on caffeine. And there will be like 45 minutes. Do I need to bring snacks for the road? Oh, man. There's going to be like a 45-minute stretch where you're like, shut the hell up, Roush. I just – I get going. <laughs> and I can I can feel myself. It's almost like I'm on drugs, which caffeine technically a drug, but like hardcore drugs the way that I'm just – it's like Charlie Day so and Always Sunny. Just like doing uh, – what was what was the, the man where he's in the – he's in the – gosh, what's the guy's name? He's in the basement, and there's got the strings all over the place. I know. Um, I've said the gift's funny. Yeah, and I can't. It's oh, it's making me mad. That I can't remember. So, the name, are you, are you pounding dues? Coffee. Are you chugging coffee? It's coffee. It's coffee for me early, and then I'll get off that by the time we get halfway through Tennessee. I'll have like one big one, and then get to Tennessee, maybe a do in the afternoon. See, I don't. Do. I'm not a big. I can't really drink coffee while I drive. It's just. I'm always afraid I'm gonna burn my tongue or spill, spill it. I guess. Yeah. You know what? You're, you're, must be. A, you just gotta. You have to be skilled to get that down. Well, you gotta grow a little hair in your chest. You gotta do a few okay. more road trips, and then you you get there okay. one day. One day. The key that I forgot going to South Carolina because my new whip is so comfortable. Stretching. Got to do some stretches at the rest area. I was oh, not yeah. doing that. My key. back. My back. Especially was the older we get. Very angry at me afterwards. It's actually still angry at me. So I'm gonna go home, do some foam rolling, get myself prepped, ready to go. <laughs> I actually think I'm. I gotta do a bunch of like house chores tomorrow before we leave too. So I'm gonna be good and I'm gonna be in a great mood. <laughs> Let me tell you, just ready to ri- have a rip snort good time. Boys night out. Boys night out. All right, boys night out. It's gonna be a good time. We'll see you in Athens. Go cats. Go crew. That was, <laughs> that was real bad. Let's do that, that again. That was a classic Roush opening. Yeah, let's do that again. <laughs>